Hey guys, welcome back to the Elite Coaching Podcast, episode 15. We are going to be running through creating the perfect start point um, to a diet phase. It's been a while since we recorded um podcast. I'm just going to start off by just by giving everyone um, a little bit of a, a background on, on where where I've been, what I what I've been up to. So since um since last recording the podcast, we've had a lot of busy things going on inside the business. We've had our new senior coach, um, Kelsey, come on board. We've had a lot of shows with the guys coming up this weekend. We've had a ton of photo shoots, um, and we've moved into we've moved into the office space, which has been a massive turning point for business productivity. Any any coaches, online coaches listening in, I would highly highly recommend getting um, a space where you can work out of. You will be jaw dropped by the the productivity of the business but i just wanted to start off the, the podcast i just giving you a little bit of a background on where we were and just talking about the weekend that we just had so and um, as many of you know following the page we had three of our clients competing in the pca manchester which is over the weekend we had dervla we had noel and jody both dervla and noel competed in the tall class and um, bikini and jody competed in the juniors and um, placed first noel placed second and Jody came third all of them in an extremely competitive class and it was unbelievable to see to see them all all up there and um, and now we have a pretty cool little runway so we've got Dervla going for the PCA Wales this weekend this has been recorded on Wednesday the 8th so the on Sunday Dervla will be competing in the Wales and then all three of them will be competing again in the PCA Irish which is going to be supposed to be in Galway which is now going to be moved to Londonderry so it's about a two and a half hour drive away so if any of my, my current clients would like to, to spin down for the day to support and um, it's going to be a really really cool day so um other than that not not really much much more has has been happening and um, like i said everything has been running smoothly and um, kelsey has been absolutely killing it with, with her clients we definitely have to get her on for for an episode and um, pretty pretty soon we've got some some great topics that i, I want to cover and i think with the podcast you know i've said this always from day one I'm never going to just churn these out for the sake of churning them out. I, I think everyone we've done so far has had such an amazing response because we've covered some great topics and I don't want to just cover topics that I don't feel are going to have value. Um, so in today's episode, we are going to be covering creating a perfect diet start point. So this is something that would come up quite a lot for myself as, you know, obviously you guys listening in and... Um, no predominance of what I do is body composition focused. That's a big, big area that I want to move a lot more of the business into now moving forward. And obviously a lot of guys coming in, the first question they'll have is when can I start my diet and phase and when can I basically kickstart my body composition journey? So there's always a lot of things that I would initially step back and, and look at prior to this initiation of a diet phase. And the, the number one thing that I want to get out of today's episode is looking at this from a coaching perspective. You know, as a coach, we have a lot of a lot of power to to bring people in at the right time, but sometimes the judgment can be off, and we can bring people in at the wrong time. And, and I, I don't feel that's a that's a, a feasible mistake to make. Just on the simple bias that you can look at a lot of different things to nearly elicit that mistake. So the the kind of the certain things we're going to look at today we're going to look a little bit into training we're going to look a little bit into nutrition the characteristics of the client but what we're going to start off with is the, the client's lifestyle so obviously when a client comes in or a current client that you have at the moment 
I would imagine you would run a consultation process. So in the consultation process, you assess their training, you assess their nutrition, you assess their energy balance, you know, where are they at from a from a, an energy perspective, you know, where do we need to go with nutrition, etc. We're gonna cover all that. But the first thing I, I would look at initially straight off the bat is their lifestyle. So entering into a diet, you know, some restrictions have to come into place, whether that's restrictions around nutrition when entering into a meal plan or just restrictions in general, meaning, you know, you've got a set calorie number to hit per day, but you've also got a expectancy around food quality. You know, you, you've got to be optimizing towards healthy food sources. So that's obviously going to elicit the fact that you might not be able to eat off plan. So when we're looking at their lifestyle, does their lifestyle allow this? And a great point to make, I feel when we're setting up a diet, what you have to almost mirror image here, and I'm kind of mirroring my hands together, and you can't see me, but um, on my left hand, I've got uh, my, my diet phase, and on my right hand, I've got my, um, my personal life. The two of them have to go and sync together. They have to be able to work together, because if you can't one will start to pull in an opposing direction and you'll start to create resistance. You'll start to create friction between the two and that's not a successful diet phase. So the first thing that I would look at is taking a little bit of a step deeper into lifestyle and support systems. So when we look at support systems, what we can look at is their their partners, are their, are their partners um, going to be in a position where they are supporting them throughout their diet phase? And when I say a diet phase, I don't, I don't differentiate this from a normal lifestyle client that we deal with dieting a prep client for a photo shoot dieting a prep client for a show dieting every single diet starts the exact same there's no difference between a prep diet a lifestyle diet um, and an online coaching client you know there's no difference between between either or so i'd look at their partners and the lifestyle and inside the partners you can kind of put partners slash slash families so when you're looking at their partners what i would initially do is i would i'd get the client to speak to their, their partner and speak to their support system and let them know the road in which they are about to they are about to embark on and what I would then do is I would assess feedback from that so as a coach you will you will be very much so um, a big big part in your client's support system and rightly so you know you're you're there to coach them as individuals you're there to be able to have a, have a helping hand and you're there to be able to you know offer support um as, as they roll through as they roll through the diet phase but you have to understand what's going on internally what's going on behind closed doors because that can be a trigger point for people you know people going through a diet phase if they have an unsupportive network behind them if you know that from day one you basically increase the role that you play as a support system so that you are the only support system they have and i know that's it's probably not great for people to hear but that that's this is coaching and this is dealing with a, a large number of people you're gonna come across this from from day to day so opening yourself up to play more of a role not just someone who checks in with them once a week but somebody who can actually be that almost day-to-day -day support system for people you have to be in a position to be able to do that for the individual you know taking on a client you have to have these certain metrics in place to say am i in a position to be able to offer them that day-to-day -day support system and if you can't you have to be in a position to be able to refer them to somebody who is going to be able to offer that continuation because if they can't get it from their partners if they can't get it from their families if their families don't agree with what they're going to do if their partners don't agree with what they're going to do if their partners are going to be malicious in any way behind trying to, to determine them away from the goal you have 
have to be in that position, but the most important thing is collecting the information first, collecting the data first, so that as the the, the role of coaching kind of goes on and as the process goes on, you can then step in further and further. And let's say we're, we're coming up to a holiday or you're coming up to an end of a prep. As I said, every diet starts the same, but at some point they will take a, a different direction. But as you start to roll through those processes, like are you are you going to really be able to be there for them when the going gets tough? And I think as a coaching role, like you need to assess that first. And um, second thing I'd look at then is is their their job, you know, their job or study commitments. Does that again mirror match the expectancy of the diet phase? So when we're looking at this, we need to look at the time that's going to be required to go into a diet. You know, just there's no such thing as an easy dieting phase. You're going to have to set time aside to have your training done. You're going to have to set time aside to do your cardio and your output. And you're going to have to, of course, look at the job commitments from, from a, a dieting standpoint. Is there continuous work nights out? Is there going to be a lot of food focus in work and these things always have to come up and there's been times in the past where i've had you know clients come in who have screened out that they want to do a prep and you look at their their their, their work lifestyle and a lot of what they do they have to go and meet clients for business meetings they're flown you know 20 plus times a year around the world you know you you don't know what position people are going to be in and some people's jobs are a lot more demanding on their personal life than, than we may think so I would look at their job and start to break down their job. You know, start to break down, can they bring food to work? Awesome. Yes. Do they have to eat out at client meals or client meetings you know, once, twice per month? If yes, we may need to look at the duration of prep down because that has to, of course, be made up for when you look at it from an energy perspective. If not, right, awesome. Another green light. And your programming should, in essence, be done around their their life commitments and their their work commitments and if we're looking at you know dietary requirements you know what do we expect from them as individuals their work life they like they spend more time in work than they do with their family and friends so you have to play that a massive a massive role and a massive indicator into the starting point of um of this diet and essentially once once we have gotten their 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 lifestyle factors nailed down and once we understand their support systems once we understand their just general day-to-day life their work commitments their their dietary requirements inside of that job then what we'll basically do is we'll start to create a roadmap so the roadmap is going to be a play-by-play if you will or a massive subject to change but a, a roadmap towards the end goal so we'll, we'll, we'll go to the end goal whether it's a prep whether it's a normal diet phase whether it's a fat loss phase where they want to hit a certain level of body composition where they want to hit a certain scale weight where they want to hit you know a photo shoot stepping on stage and we'll reverse engineer everything back but when we reverse engineer everything back what i'll then do is i'll reverse engineer everything back and i'll then look at the characteristics of the client so when we're assessing the characteristics the first thing i look at is adherence you know (laughs) we've had this in the past where clients come in singing the sun moon and the stars but when you actually put them uh, (laughs) when you actually put them on the pathway their adherence levels doesn't match up to to the to the talk that they came into on their consultation so we're going to look at like actually setting the client up and what's the first kind of phase of coaching but adherence is the first thing that i test inside of inside of the diet phase so 
when we look at setting a client up and um, every client who comes in with us and this is going a little bit off the beaten track here but i think it's a good point to make and um, every client that comes in with us has to run a priming phase where inside that priming phase which i think actually could be a great podcast idea is talking deeper detail into the the marker points that we expect clients to be at before entering into a diet phase but this is just creating the perfect starting point and um, they'll run a priming phase which they'll have to have certain health markers improved before we will enter them into the diet but in the background what i'm actually doing is i'm assessing their adherence levels so i'll ask them to you know we'll get their food higher we'll drop down their output which we're going to talk about those two markers now in a second and i will say right your only job here is to get your health markers in check so i'll line up their morning routine i'll line up their pm routine i'll line up their stress management levels and i'll line up digestive improvement if you follow those markers correctly, if you take the supplements correctly, your health markers will improve. You'll see an improvement in HRV, you'll see an improvement in resting heart rate, you'll see an improvement in digestive stress. We look for um, sleep schedule, sleep highlights, and glucose synthesis or initial food intake sensitivity. Now, what I'm looking for there is can they actually do that? If they can do that and if they absolutely nail it, they nail their morning routine, nail their PM routine, nail their food hygiene, they have great adherence. If a client skimps on the morning routine doesn't doesn't buy the blue light blocking glasses you know i, I was gonna buy this support max Nora, but it's 45 quid i scrap it i'm not i'll get it next month they're showing me that they don't have the great characteristics entering into a diet phase because if they couldn't do the simple task of ordering their blue light blocking glasses what does that say about their characteristics of a client and their adherence of a client it's not great so when you're starting to then program for that client, you need to know that information because look, if a client in, in the nicest way possible couldn't be arsed to buy the blue light blocking glasses because they just think blue light exposure is not going not gonna to affect me or I'm just not going to follow that protocol. What do you think they're going to follow for the remaining of the protocols? And this is when you start to look at like nutritional strategies, output strategies. It has to be, again, mirror matched to the client's capabilities and the client's capabilities have to be a mirror image of the client's characteristics and when we're looking at adherence levels if they're if they're failing at the first hurdle of doing a simple simple task like picking up their blue light blocking glasses ordering their support max neuro getting a very good baseline of their food intake when we will when we're going to talk about this in a moment of what we look for from a food intake perspective if they just fail at the first hurdle what you should be doing then is you should be mirror imaging and mirror matching their coaching approach based on the adherence that that they that they shown um and when we're in the characteristics when we're assessing all of those marker points what what i'll constantly run by them and constantly ask the question of the why you know why are we going into the diet phase why are we you know setting ourselves up here for this diet you know whether it's the photo shoot why are we doing the photo shoot whether it's a show why are we doing the show whether it's a holiday prep why is it important but what you can start to do then is you can start to almost reassess that adherence level based on the why because for some people they may love the idea of doing a going to a diet but when the practical application comes in they may not just have the the the, the actual capabilities of going through it but their why hasn't been presented to them yet so for so a lot of people they won't even know what their why is until a lot of those conversations roll past so for us it will be you know 
assess their adherence which may be shit from the start but it's your job as a coach to improve that and it's not your job as a coach to improve that by constantly motivating them and constantly telling them the sun moon and the stars and what they need to be it's showing them the right pathway so when they look at their why for a lot of people fat loss is about confidence it's about the regeneration of, of confidence. It's about having the, the the mentality that you're going to change your life. And for a lot of people, that confidence may have been shut down. And that confidence may have been shut down to the point so much of the weight gain that they don't feel comfortable in their own skin. You know, and this is the conversations that you need to have. But I don't feel those conversations should be had on day one. Because look, I wouldn't tell a complete stranger at the end of the day, over a zoom call consultation my real why as to why i bodybuild and why i train and why i have the business behind me but what i will do is i'll speak to people who i'm very comfortable with and this is why building that rapport with the client is super important because as the weeks go by as the priming phase unfolds if you have the correct structure of communication and if you drop the correct messages and ask the correct questions you're going to get the correct response and Again, when we look at that adherence at the start, they couldn't just be arsed to pick up the blue light blocking glasses. And I'm just going to use that as a, as a, as a reference. I think it's a, it's a good one and you'll understand it as to you know why their adherence is off. But once you then find out their why, you can fix that issue. You can solve that that problem. You know, I was saying in the business, we don't sell a service, we only sell solutions. And for us, that's a big solution to the problem that we could look at just assessing the why and presenting the why to them and you both having a conversation can almost immediately get someone from a 5 out of 10 adherence to a 10 out of 10 because now you're playing to the to the correct to the correct tune so once we've gotten their support systems lined up once we've identified the characteristics identified their adherence levels brought their why into play which should again improve their their adherence levels now let's have a little look into into food intake so nutrition is obviously going to be a, a pretty big and um, a pretty big part in this because when we look at their nutrition when we think about starting a diet phase probably one of the first things that a lot and i know a lot of coaches listen to this podcast probably one of the first things a coach is going to start to do a coach is going to immediately look at their food okay where their food where's their food at and where where can i manipulate energy so what I want to look at straight off the bat here when we're talking about nutrition is the, the baseline food intake we need to start creating. So their baseline should be slightly above maintenance, but we don't know where their maintenance level is because we've never coached them before. We're looking at this from a, we're looking at this one from a perspective of, of a new client coming in. So if we don't know where their food intake baseline is, their food is upside down, inside out. It could be two and a half thousand calories today. It could be 1100 calories tomorrow. But the first thing we just need here is consistency. And the first thing we need here to do is not enter them into a diet straight away. So when you're running the initiation phase, food goes up straight away because for many different reasons. Number one, you're going to initiate consistency. So you're going to create a nutritional baseline. The second one, you're going to pull away any diet fatigue that they may have previously had. So for females in particular, they will love running on low food, but they'll also love running a hamster wheel of low food where they'll enter into 13, 14, 1500 calories. They'll think that that's a safe number to work off. They'll have an ideal um, perception that that's going to get them to lose scale weight, drop down body fat, but it doesn't, metabolic adaptation sets in and they just end up putting themselves into a hamster wheel. So again, 
we need to step in here as a solution to the problem. What do I say? We don't sell a service, only sell a solution. Become a problem solver. Start to identify where they need to be from a nutritional perspective and get their food high straight off the bat. High to a point that they feel almost uncomfortable at those calories. Now, I'm not talking about giving them 5,000 calories a day, but if they're on 1,500 calories, they're going to feel a little bit scarce to go to 2-1. They're going to feel a little bit scarce to go to to two two but you have to step in here as an educator you know coach slash educator to give them the reason as to why i need you at 2100 calories because i have to drop off diet fatigue i have to have you at a point where we are creating a roadmap and again visualization is key here go onto your google sheets put in one column weeks second column diet phase third column training phase fourth column neat and output fifth column supplementation protocol and do up a 52 week plan for each one of your clients coming in because when you jump onto a loom and you can show them a visualization of where they go the immediate emotional attachment of low food is removed because they can see why they are starting off at 2100 calories because in nine weeks' time, we have to get them from 2-1 to 14 with a descending effect of food intake every single week almost matched. You know, Every 14 days, we drop 150 calories off. And I get you from 2-1 to 14 over a nine-week period. That doesn't matter. Probably wrong. More than likely, they are going to be wrong. But you understand, you understand what, what I'm trying to say. Because we're trying to create that, that drop-off effect. And we're trying to create that descending effect effective nutrition but when they and one of my favorite sayings of all time is you don't know what you don't know they just simply do not know why we would get them on high food so if you send someone a meal plan or send them a nutritional structure straight off the bat and say yep you're going from 15 to 2 1 but don't give them a explanation behind it that's when the client's trust in your um, operating system can come off and they can start to drop that level of trust just simply because they don't understand you know they don't know the reason why so when you can get that rationale and you can increase that 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 trust that they have in you it, it can make it can make everything a lot easier so straight off the bat from a food perspective i'd be looking at getting their food up and um, it's going to create a much easier road to go down it's going to create a very very strong approach towards the remainder of this diet phase that they have in front of them and, and most importantly i think inside that early phase it's creating food flexibility so when we look at you know meal plans one thing people will always correlate a diet is to a meal plan Sorry, I'm just gonna I'm gonna start having to drink a lot throughout this podcast. Um so I do apologize if you can hear me slurping. Um people will always correlate a diet. Okay, I'm on a diet, I need to be on a meal plan. I'm on a diet, I need to be restrictive. You don't at the end of the day, look, energy is still energy, but there is a time when a diet meal plan will come in and will be better to operate from rather than working on a working on a, a more flexible approach so what i would be looking for here straight off the bat is increasing food and creating food flexibility giving them an opportunity to have a much more broad perspective of their meal plans or of their of their food intake should i say before going into a meal plan because again the approach has to always mirror 
the goal. So your goal at the moment, starting a diet phase, is not to be restrictive. It's to create food structure. Look, at the end of the day, energy is still energy, right? And there is a thousand different ways to peel an onion. You don't always have to go in there with the most restrictive approach because, again, what are we looking to create here? We're looking to create a nutritional baseline. We're looking to create food habits. We're looking to create food hygiene. We're looking to create a lot of things that we as individuals, we as coaches sometimes overlook and we just think, "Ah, but I can be restrictive. I can get them to restrict. That's going to get them to lose weight. That's going to initiate the diet phase. Well, if I can give you from 2,100 calories of flexible food or 2,100 calories of restrictive food, when you're on 2,100 calories, it doesn't fucking matter. When your job as a coach to provide them with the education around food quality, provide them with the education around why you need to have X amount of protein per meal, it doesn't matter if you give them a meal plan. It doesn't, if they have the correct understanding of nutritional quality, they won't defer away from what you've given them they'll essentially just hit their energy balance target and at the end of the day i don't think anybody can sit there in front of you and argue the fact that energy is still energy now whether you provide a meal plan what you're essentially just doing there is you're essentially just providing them with the correct nutritional structure but you can do that while still having flexibility at the start i'll probably end up doing another podcast because i think it's a good thing to talk on about when to transition from a and um, more flexible approach into into a um, more restrictive approach because there is a time and a place for that so the flu fle- the food flexibility essentially is going to elicit diet fatigue and um, it's going to elicit monotony behind a dieting structure so that that to me if we're talking about creating a successful and um, dieting starting point it would be getting food way above baseline but giving the client the understanding of to why and then having a much more flexible approach towards um towards your dieting just on the simple bias that it's it's mirror matched to the goal at hand you know it's mirror matched to the approach that needs to be in place at the moment and um, right we'll look into training now so training is, is probably one again that's overlooked and um, but it has a, a very very big point to play because the one thing that we, we tend to mis- misinterpret when it comes to training it's the effect it has on energy so when you're looking at it at a diet phase, if you were to put like a graph in front of us, at the starting point, you would drive food up as high as possible because it's going to create a good descending effect towards the end of the diet. But where would you start your output? You'd start your output down the the, the minimal as possible, like minimal effective dose on output when you're starting a diet phase. But your training has to fall into output as well. So when you're looking at training and output, what we call this, mini section of the podcast you want to have the both of them as minimalistic as possible so you want to have your diet and your diet as high as possible food as high as possible training and output as low as possible so looking at diet so looking i keep saying diet looking at training and um, you can tell it's been a while since i've done this podcast haven't you looking at a training and um, i would look immediately at their prior training history so looking at the the, the previous training split they were on the previous amount of sets they were doing, the previous amount of load that they were lifting, the previous frequency of muscle groups being trained, their previous steps, their previous cardio. You need to have a, a very good understanding of all of those 
marker points all of those metrics because we simply have to be able to adjust you know we have to be able to get to a point where we can manipulate the variables amongst the the, the pathway of a diet and your training volume can then increase over that diet duration just simply on the fact that we need to have again manipulations here we need to be able to pull in the set principle and training has to abide by that rule so if we say started off a training volume at, at the beginning of a diet phase and we ran one working set per movement right and we got them to a point where that one working set per movement can be increased what's going to happen to energy we're going to be manipulating energy in a positive way if we start them off at nine thousand steps per day as as minimal of an effect on total daily energy expenditure as possible we started them off on nine thousand steps per day where can that nine thousand go it can be increased when we look at even certain things like the, the central nervous system you know starting off a diet phase should the cns be absolutely fired with training to fatigue every single session training five days per week hitting maximum frequency maximum volume from an output perspective on day one or can, can that be can that be increased as we go by um, and and just the, the, the purpose of this is to create an opportunity opportunity to improvise that said principle a specific adaptation to impose demand and energy balance and training need to be looked at in the same mechanism like if we're looking at starting somebody off in the most optimal way again the, the title of this podcast creating the perfect start point to a diet phase your training volume needs to be brought into that consideration um and from a from a fatigue management standpoint, the central nervous system we know we're, we're going to have an immediate relationship there between having great parasympathetic to sympathetic relationship, but also having a great opportunity for digestive systems to improve. Again, when we talk back to that priming phase, what are we looking to get out of that priming phase? Improvement in HRV, improvement in resting heart rate, improvement in digestive stress, improvement in sleep schedule, sleep highlights, and initial food intake sensitivity. If we could look at one correlation to improve every single one of them, what would it be? It would be to improve stress in the body. So if we're looking at improving stress in the body, what could one of the first things we could look at do? Pull down training volume to basically deload volume to to a point as if you're going to run an active deload, which would be one working set per movement. So I just wanted to make this this podcast short and sharp um, and just cover some some good topics and good take-home topics that we can run um, and I will make a conscious effort to, to make them off so just as a, as a bit of an overview when we're looking at starting off dieting phase first thing we look at is lifestyle we assess their support systems we assess their 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 current communication or their current commitments towards their job and dietary requirements from within that role then we'll look at client characteristics we'll assess their adherence levels we'll look at the why behind the dieting phase before we enter them into their first nutritional protocol which will be bringing food bringing food high increasing the food intake we're going to basically just look, look at eliciting diet fatigue and we're going to look at pulling in as much flexibility as possible into that diet so that again we can create a better opportunity for longevity and from a training perspective we're basically looking at improving and and correlating everything towards the priming phase here so looking at cns deactivation looking at eliciting allostatic load from from previous training programs and looking at getting overall 
energy expenditure down to a minimal so that the said principle can be imposed and we can get a much more successful diet phase off the off the bat and um, i am going to again like i said make a conscious effort to do more of these because I, I really do enjoy them it's just time always always seems to go against me whenever i try to i try to get them in but thank you very much everyone for listening i hope that this episode can help um some health and fitness professionals out there or even help you guys listening and um, to have a lot more success when looking to start off a diet phase thank you very much for listening